Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, I'll tell you, you know what? Just leave this music run, Chicken Nick, because you know what apparently is going on now when when Ben Sullivan and Mike Mosier and Garrett Jackson all walk down the hall like the, you know, they're 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 walking their way to go be in slow motion, tough ass assistants. Ooh, we're the ones that really are going to make a difference for the Celtics, and they're standing out in the middle of the road like reservoir dogs. Yeah, in slow motion. That's that's what's being turned into now with these assistants going to join Ime Udoka. My God, look out! You you do you really think though that they're making? Out of all the things that were the problem with this just postseason overall, mm-hmm. do you think coaching or lack of coaching was like a massive issue? Uh, lack of the quality depth so that somebody would be able to say to the head coach, hey, I see things a little differently, or maybe we do it like this, or... Like, was Joe Mazzulla overextended because he didn't have anybody breaking down film or, you know, helping out with post-up moves or, you know, you know, rebounding? Like, I mean, they, they have a lot of guys in basketball operations, including, you know, like obviously front office people and, you know, boots on the ground coaches. It felt like there was more coaching after the fact in terms of Joe Missoula, what he was doing. That's why I argue that the guy's getting better because it felt like the pattern was, okay, here's what happened. Now let's go back and cover it. Here's the way you can handle it next time. And then they kind of move forward from there. And I thought Missoula got better. Uh, but again, it was here. here's my point on it is that when Damon Stoudemire left, it wasn't a big deal until it was, oh, my God, you're down 3-0 in the East Finals. Damon Stoudemire, this, that, and the other. Well, to play devil's advocate just for a second. Sure. Okay. Um, running through crappy teams that just so happened to make it to the playoffs like at Atlanta, even though you were like this, you were not great against Atlanta. Struggling and had it needed a massive, you know, third quarter, what, three minutes and 30 seconds from Jaden Tatum. He put basically just did that on his own. Mm-hmm. Finally figured out how to shoot and then and then had a great game seven. That to me had nothing to do with coaching. Here's here's where I think it mattered. It, where where we're now realizing where things caught up to the Celtics, where it was kind of the season long stuff. So that if, God forbid, the scenario was presented to you, you had the ability to be able to, to, to deal with it. And I would use a guy that you played for as an example, Bill Belichick. How many times did you go over things in camp or during a bye week or whatever it was that you covered and that you were, it was like, oh, oh, wait, we've covered this. I know what to do here. And it maybe wasn't pertinent to that week's game plan. Like, you know, the first time the Celtics saw zone during the regular season, maybe there should have been a little bit of a stop down to say, okay, if we see this in the playoffs, how are we going to handle it? To me, it was 
some of the things that maybe an experienced NBA coach would have integrated along the way in sort of thinking ahead and previewing, this is what might be a bugaboo for us come post. See, here's what I think uh, where good coaches um, help out. Okay, if you use the football analogy, every single position coach has a certain aspect that he is responsible for. Uh, this guy is responsible responsible for uh, third down blitzes. So what I do is I chart all the blitzes, I do a whole report, and I give it to the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Now, you're assuming he does a good job, right? Because like that's his job. Like Mike McDaniel, n- new head coach, or the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, his job at San Francisco was 100% run game coordinator. He would All he would do would, would give like maybe 15, 20 plays of uh, run plays specific to the t- defense that they were playing against. That's it. So he already did the work. Thank you for it's like Voltron. We're just gonna keep adding pieces mm-hmm. until it turns into this crazy metal, you know, creature, right? So I sit there and go, all right, it's gotta be the same in the NBA. Cause Joe Mazzula, one guy can't handle every single aspect of he's gotta manage the team, he's gotta manage travel, he's gotta deal with reporters, he's from being a second row assistant coach to being the head coach, the amount of things that you're you have to deal with is outstanding. So you have to delegate. So now the guy that's in charge of like breaking the zone, right? Honest to God, did he do a crappy job? Was he overextended because other coach? So now he had to do breaking the zone, breaking the press, learning a high pick and roll defense. I'm not kidding. No, I I think there might have been people to do that, but was there enough time spent during the regular season to mix that in to what was going well? But did this season just come down to? We're managing the day. We're managing the game in front of us, and that is it. Because to me, the experienced head coach sort of thinks ahead of that kind of stuff. Oh, we have an idle Tuesday off after a Sunday game, and we don't play until Friday. So what are we going to do? Do we allow everybody to just come in with some shoot-around and then we, you know, treatment, a little practice on Wednesday, something on Thursday, play a game on Friday? Or are you taking one of those days and it's, here's what we're going to work on because we know that it could be something down the road. We hear about it with Bill Belichick all the time, especially when it came to, of course, the game changed, special teams plays. Those were the ones that you could find yourself in, oh, there's 20 seconds left in the game and we need a punt return or something like that. How are you going to handle it? Who's going to be on the field? Who's going to be the returner? What play can we set up? A lot of those things have kind of already been covered so that you're not reacting to something that has become a problem because you don't know if you have the ability to fix it. I think it's a little bit of the foresight of what could have been coming that clearly Joe Missoula could have done a better job on. And maybe if he had a 25-year NBA assistant with a little NBA playing experience, somebody might have been able to say to him, hey, might not be a bad idea today to do X, Y, or Z. Do you think at all that maybe we nitpick a little too much about this team? Um, No. And I'll tell you why. Because it has now gotten to the point to where the Celtics are almost, and there I think it's really teetering on the, oh, this group is going to disappoint us. Now, maybe what we all did was raise expectations too high in thinking, oh, Tatum and Brown, they're going to win multiple championships. Well, you don't get to an NBA Finals next year 
then the questions really start to stack up and mount up. And that's where it's the, okay, are you at a, are you at a fork in the road and you need to decide which way you're going to go? Or are you steadfast in, meaning the Celtics, are they steadfast in Tatum and Brown are the core and we got to figure out a way to change the socks and underwear around them type thing. Uh, but no, with, with superstars of this, you, you have two all-NBA players. This is what we have been told by Tatum and Brown that and winning a championship is what they wanted to achieve. Congratulations on all your success. Now it is the when are you going to get through? When are you going to break through? It's awesome you have all the individual accolades. That's great. I think in this city, people don't care as much about that anymore. Is it Jason Tatum can finish second in the MVP and go to an NBA Finals? There'd be more people would sign up for that than Jason Tatum getting his MVP and losing in the second round of the playoffs. Because quite honestly, the only people that care about Jason Tatum winning an MVP are the Tatum household, and I'm assuming his kid, that is probably hucking up shots at the garden right now because they let him do whatever he wants. <laughs> Poor deuce. <laughs> I do feel bad for him because you're right. It's yeah. like, how can we push him out there yeah. at every turn? I mean, I deuce would give the speech when dad wins the MVP. Yeah. So I, I do think that it's um like just watching the, just watching the heat right now, the nuggets right now, the heat going into Denver – and being a Denver Nugget team that hasn't lost at home since, like, March or some, something crazy, right? And then watching that game, having it go back and forth, having the Nuggets, like, literally look like the Heat did not belong on the court in the first half, especially at the end of the second quarter. And guess what Michael Malone didn't do late in the game? <gasps> he didn't call a timeout! And you know what, what an idiot! They must fire him! <laughs> you know what? what a moron! He's only coached a million NBA games! He made a big mistake like that! They gotta fire that guy! He must be an idiot! And it's funny is that Malone is also bitching and complaining about, about the lackluster... Well, yep. the, well, the refereeing one... Uh, the lackluster start, the no effort. Effort was a big thing in the beginning of the game. He blasted for the him, no effort on defense. Okay, and, but they came back and they figured it out. They were down like 11 or 12. They come back and they take a massive lead going into halftime. And then sure enough, like they've been doing all year, especially in the postseason, the Heat come back and win. So I was just looking at that, and we bitch and we nitpick about all these little things. And, and the reality is, and this is just Captain Obvious here, just for a brief second, okay, is that it's really, really hard to win an NBA championship. And a lot you have to have the perfect just mix of everything. You got to have a little bit of luck. You got to have the right attitude. Yeah, they got to have Rando stepping up, making the right decisions. You have to have another team underestimating you. Yeah. You have to have the right like overall mindset about, and then it, and then it get, it keeps getting reaffirmed. The thing with the Heat is that their mental culture, their attitude, their philosophy on basketball life keeps getting reaffirmed. It does. We don't give a crap about anybody. We're real comfortable about playing uh, behind. We don't care. We never think we're out of it. And every team that we play against. They all get sucked into this trap. Like we're just like, it's almost like a Muhammad Ali okie doke. I'm tired. I'm hanging on the ropes. And next thing you know, they start punching at the last second and knock your ass out. So then they go into the locker room and they go, what the hell happened? They keep telling us and we keep warning people, but nobody listens. So to me, I look at this Celtics team just, and they've had other runs 
where they made it to the Eastern Conference Final, where when Isaiah Thomas was here, oh, when the other guys, yeah. where you're like, well, that's a special team, much more romanticized. Yeah, yeah, that's a special team. That that team was like really connected, and they were just they didn't care what anyone said. They were gonna fight their ass off. This team last year was not it. Like it just wasn't. So you could you could fake it for a while. Eventually, the truth comes out. Now, and that's why I say we're nitpicking because I feel like it has, in the end, it had less to do about Joe Missoula than it did the actual players who kept talking about unfinished business. There was Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart. Those three guys sitting down with Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, like they're the leaders. They're the flag bearers. They're carrying the torch. Missoula's just like, make sure it doesn't go out. It is interesting that when you look at the Denver end of it, and, again, I'm waiting for the people to scream about Michael Malone not calling a timeout since it's such a big deal around here. But, you know. does have a timeout, but they're not using it. No, uh, uh, terrible. Um, I let my team play through it. It's crazy <laughs> that Jokic went over 40 last night and they lost. It's an unbelievable number. I think it's three times this postseason Jokic has gone over 40 and the Nuggets have lost every one of those games. Whereas... I know here we're looking at it and screaming, well, if Tatum doesn't give you 35 and if Brown doesn't give you this, how in the world are you going to win? Yet their best player scores a ton of points last night and Denver still loses. It is such a weird mind screw because normally that is the the path to prosperity is that your best player plays a great game. And Jokic makes it look so easy it's kind of gross. But maybe the real secret sauce for Denver is not Jokic points, it's Jokic assists. Yeah, that's if what I think it is. he scores 20, but he's got 15 assists, other people are then eating, and therefore, you know, you would think that the, the Nuggets, who player for player, are better than Miami. But then again, this is probably the uh, third straight series in a row where we've said Miami has had less talent, but they've got balls. I mean, let's just be real. They just play with a different kind of grit that other teams who might have superstars that don't want to grind the way the Heat do end up losing to a team like the Heat who are not as talented as you because your stars don't want to get grimy and dirty. Yeah, you know, we said it every series. Said it with the, definitely with the Celtics. Like, player for player, you would you would take more of the Celtics players than you would the Heat. Mm-hmm. The graphics that they continually use with the Heat team, all the undrafted players, and how they're just like they're all great teammates. It, it does remind me a little bit of that first '01 Patriots team where nobody gave them credit. They didn't. They had a couple stars, but nobody really of any significance. They weren't like great during the regular season, but they were good. You know, they, they they but then they just had some fortunate breaks. They took advantage of it, and then by the time they got to the Super Bowl, they out schemed and outmaneuvered the Rams. They won a game on special teams. Yeah, in the AFC title game. I mean, yeah, it's just Steelers. Amazing. Yeah, they, it's like it's like and, and and there again, it everything, and that's why teams like the Heat are dangerous because. They keep saying and preaching it, and it seems so manufactured, even with Spolstra last night after the game, right? There was a little bit of, like, just, you know, exaggerating and, you know, the, you know, acting out how angry and upset he was by some of the questions that were sent to him. He just ended the conversation and walked off the stage. That was completely deliberate. You know, let me reaffirm again to my team that we don't care. We take everybody serious, and we're and not you, messing around. And you know what? It's the untrained eye that, that says something like that. 
It was a, it was uh, a question was from a, Ramona Shelburne, right? Who apparently, you know, oh, how dare whoa. you besmirch the the good name of Ramona Shelburne asking a question? Well, the question oh, was God. like so to to the point. Like he scores all these points. It's like. The the Heat did something really special. Instead of like making jo- Jokic like a here you want to hear mess- it? oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The Nick, Nick's got the oh, whole good. thing. All right, Ramona Shelburne, ESPN. Uh, this is probably oversimplifying things, but sometimes when when teams play against Jokic, you, you turn him into a scorer, you turn him into a passer, and he controls the game. You, he only had four assists tonight. Yeah, that, that, that's ridiculous. You know, it's just that's the untrained eye that that says something like that. This guy's an incredible player. You know. Twice in two seasons, he's been the best player on this planet. You can't just say, oh, make him a score. <laughs> That's not how they play. They, they have so many different actions that just get you compromised. Uh, we have to focus on what we do. Um, you know, we try to do things the hard way, um, and he requires you to do many things the hard way. Uh, and we, he has our full respect. So then he gets up and he walks out. Everybody's like, he can't talk to a woman like that. What's he doing? I should cancel him. Oh, How no. rude was, was he? That was, was so rude. It was that apparently the question came from Ramona Shelburne. Apparently it's another one of these, you know, oh, high and pious. Oh, don't you dare. Many degrees. Don't dare, don't dare mention anything. If she asks you a question, it must be well-informed yeah. and thought out. <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's funny to hear females like talk a, about I mean, it's, it's not that bad. It's not Cam Newton for crying out loud, but good grief. I hate to, I hate to, but listen to that. Like, like that was an all-time, like, what? But you, you know what? About? It was, the, and, and, and Spolster probably could have done a better job and been like, well, yeah, if you let the guy score, there are more options open to him, and I think that's maybe the road that uh, that he was uh, he was going down. You know what it is? It's a little bit of ESPN rallying, like when Sergio Dip did his whole. He's having the time of his life, yeah. And they all like it was a land rush. Oh, don't don't make fun of the guy. Ah, he's living his easy. dream. Da, da, da. And like yeah, and, and having the time yeah. of his life. Meanwhile, three quarters of those people that were defending that guy all got shipped out of there at some point. So you know, it's the the whole they found out how the other half lives being up at that place. But I think there's a little bit of that going. Oh, how could he? Da, da, da. So I guess if Woj asked that question or if a worldwide wind horse was in there and uh, asked that question, then I don't know. Maybe He would have showed him much respect and oh, said, that's yeah, a great right. question. No. That's the untrained eye that, oh. that says something like that. He's basically that. calling her stupid, right? Yeah. And that, that is, no, let's be honest. If someone says, well, you know, like you just don't have the – if that's the untrained, right, you don't have the ability to see clearly because you're not – advanced like me didn't he need to say i spent four years in the film room i know what i'm looking at yeah that would have been good to roll out it's like a polite way of saying you're stupid